Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Draw me close to you. Never let me go Day. You are mighty creator desires a deep personal relationship with you. If you die as an unbeliever, your spirit will live for a very long time as a disembodied ancestor spirit or demon. The creator has said regarding unbelievers, why would I want someone to spend eternity with me when they do not believe I exist? If you die as a believer without any form of relationship with the Creator, you will end up in the outer darkness in heaven, a cold, black, terrible place with weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, your teeth, the trash heap of heaven. Father said concerning such believers, why would I want someone to be close to me in heaven, which inherently means I give them great prestige and authority? if they do not have a deep personal relationship with me and have not proven to me that they can be trusted in this life. In stark contrast, if you make a real effort to seek relationship with the Almighty, the rewards in the life to come are huge, a glorious resurrected body, great prestige, great authority, and a permanent close relationship with the Creator and with Yahushua, who you may mistakenly know as Jesus. To put this all in context, the Almighty has said, I created human beings, this planet and this universe, for men and women to be my friends, my companions, to explore and learn and develop together. My greatest grief is that almost no person understands this, let alone seeks such a relationship with me. Today we're going to talk about the essence of my message regarding Yeshua. An overview, the broadcast examines the essence of my message regarding Yeshua. I will stress that his name is Yahushua, Y-A-H-O-O-S-H-U-A, and not Jesus, and that Jesus is a pagan name. It is noted that Yahushua is the most powerful created being in existence. We will note that Yahushua is seated at the right hand of the Father and is king of all human kings. He is also our advocate, our high priest, and he is the atoning sacrifice for forgiveness of sin. Yahushua has a spectacular resurrected body and is massively powerful. We note that Yahushua was the first spirit created. We also note that he was born of a virgin and filled with the spirit of Yah, that is Christ. It's pointed out that Yahushua's death was carefully planned and orchestrated. We note that in his youth, Yahushua spent many years in India, Tibet and Persia. It is stressed that Yahushua is a Hebrew and Jew and an Old Testament emissary or apostle. It is shared that a young woman has painted an accurate picture of Yahushua, and I ask what lessons can be learned from Yahushua. I then note that this coming Sunday, the 31st of October 2021, is Halloween, and that special measures are called for in the way of fasting. We also look at what you should do if you now, know, you now believe. 
Finally, we will examine the state of your relationship with the Almighty Creator. By way of introduction, who am I? James Robertson. I have a doctorate in engineering and I'm a strategic management consultant. I have over 28 years experience of actively seeking to draw close to the Almighty, following a dramatic encounter with him on the 12th of March 1993, when he spoke to me audibly in a locked room and I knew for certain that he was real. I was confirmed in the Anglican Church at the age of 13 and served as an altar boy for a number of years from the age of 19. Eventually, married to an unbeliever, I became disenchanted with the hypocrisy in the church and backslid to a point where I was not even sure the Almighty existed. In this backslidden state, I embarked on an adulterous affair, which when it ended, left me desperate and suicidal. It was then that the Almighty spoke to me and I realized that my intellect had gotten me into a right mess and I chose to serve him faithfully for the rest of my life. In doing this, I applied my deep-seated aversion to failure. Born out of an accident in early childhood, coupled to my engineering and military training of rigor and preventing failure, to my seeking of knowledge about Father, this journey led to numerous supernatural experiences, prayers answered, and clear communication with the Creator that forms the basis for what I teach in these programs. What is Entire Mission Ministries? It's the organizational vehicle for delivering my message through email articles, websites, this radio program, physical books, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, SlideShare, and Twitter. What is this program? The Creator desires a deep personal relationship with you. It represents the essence of my message. See the website www.entimeissueministries.org for more information. In particular, please see the companion, compendium of important articles at the top of the menu that lists articles in a logical sequence relative to a typical journey with Yah. See also www.relationshipwithcreatorradio.com. Click on the show in the top menu and podcasts for previous broadcasts or search on Google for Relationship with Creator Radio. So, uh, the essence of my message regarding Yahushua. I've written many articles re relating to Yahushua, incorrectly called Jesus. And this article, this broadcast, seeks to distill the essence of my message. See the webpage Yahushua on the main menu on the website for more information. And the child pages, there's a detailed discussion, there's a, a lot of material there. Folks, to start off with, you need to focus on understanding who Yeshua is and who he is not. If you think that he's God in the flesh, you're going to misunderstand so much, you're going to miss so much. If you understand that he's a man, and he set an example of how it is possible to live a life without sin. An example that you and I can follow if we choose to. Then you start to get the real power, the real essence, the real meat of, of what Yeshua is about. And we'll, I'll go into all of this in, in more detail in the, in the next few minutes. So I want to start by stressing that his name is Yahushua and not Jesus. His name was always and is Yahushua, meaning Yah is salvation. Yah is the true name of the Almighty Creator, Yah the eternally self-existing. See the webpage Creator's name, Yah eternally self-existing, and the child pages. Yeshua was a common Hebrew name. It's translated Joshua in the so-called Old Testament. Not an accurate translation. You can't translate a name like Yeshua. It's Yahushua, period. Not some anglicized version or transliterated version or whatever. Jesus is a blasphemous Greek name that means blessed of Zeus. Zeus is a pagan that is satanic god and it is an insult to call Yeshua Jesus. See the webpage Yahushua, not Jesus. Yah extended grace for the use of Jesus, of the name Jesus, up to 2003 when Satan was sentenced to a thousand years in the pit. 
But this was withdrawn at that point, and there's now a curse associated with the name and also a demonic mastermind. Folks, it's just so important to get Father's name right, Yah, and Yeshua's name right, Yoshua. How would you like it if your family, this is the way Father put it to me when I first learned about his correct name and, and asked him about it. He said, how would you like it if your wife and your family called you by the name of your worst enemy? Think about it, Zeus, beloved, blessed of Zeus. It's a, it's, a, it's a satanic name. And because of all the corruption during the dark ages and what have you, Father has tolerated the use of Jesus and Yah, uh, sorry, and God and the Lord and so forth. But no more. I've spoken at length about this on se on several previous occasions. It's important to understand that Yeshua is the most powerful created being in the universe because of his sinless life and his death. Yeshua is the most powerful created being because he lived his entire life and died without sin. And he was therefore instantly resurrected and he was awarded, rewarded by the Almighty for what he had done. He is the only human being to ever live their entire life without sinning, even when he died a terrible death. As a consequence, he has been rewarded with all sorts of authority, which we'll talk about in a few minute or two. Folks, it's so important to understand the legalities of how Yeshua became what he became. It's not because he's God in the flesh. It's because he came to earth. He was filled with the Spirit of the Most High. And he lived without sin. He operated in the power of the Spirit, but he never became proud. He lived and died without sinning even once. And therefore, when he came to, to death, death said to him, you can't come in here because you, you've got no sin. And so he was instantly resurrected. Immediately he left his earthly body, his spirit left his earthly body, and arrived at the, the gates of death, and death said, you don't have a place here. Go to heaven. And he went directly to heaven. Uh, that's only possible if you live without sin. But it is possible. It's important to realize that. It's also important to understand, excuse me, that he is seated at the right hand of the Father, waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. Yeshua will only return at the end of the millennium, around May 3003, which is 981 and a half years from now, if there is at least one human being in right standing and free of sin to call for his return, and if at least at some level the forces of darkness have been defeated. Now, the first thing about being defeating the forces of darkness living a life without sin is part of what's required of you to defeat the forces of darkness because until you get free of sin you're a servant of satan I, I i hate to tell you this if you're a committed believer and you're in sin believing lies about jesus lies about the bible etc you are a sinner you are a servant of satan you need to really need to deal with that stuff folks Yeshua is seated at the right hand of the Father, waiting for us to make his enemies his footstool. The only people who have authority on earth, or the only beings that have authority on earth, are human beings. Through the authority that was give, given to Adam, which he then ceded to, to Satan, which Yeshua regained for those who believe and, and follow in his footsteps in his covenant, and give us authority over the satanic and demonic realm. And Yeshua is waiting for us to take charge down here, folks. It's not somebody else who's going to take charge. Father is not going to take charge. We, you and me, 
have to take charge. We need to tear down principalities, powers, thrones, and dominions, etc., etc. And then, in addition to getting this really powerful body and everything, Yeshua was also made king of all human kings and lord of all human lords. Note that Yah is king of Yeshua and lord of Yeshua. This king of kings and lord of lords, but it relates to Yeshua's relationship with us, not to his relationship with Father. Yeshua gave, died without sin and gave us authority over the satanic and demonic realm. But we, we must exercise that authority in his name. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So this is again a lot of a lot of wrong thinking here. How did Yeshua become king? Well, the the actual way that Yeshua became king was because he was proclaimed king by human beings. When he was brought before Pilate, they proclaimed him the king of the Jews. And then Pilate, the um, uh, ruler, the Roman governor of Judea, proclaimed in writing on signposts above the place where Yeshua was put to death, the king of the Jews. And so, quite simply, Pilate, who had the authority to proclaim him king, proclaimed him king. And so if you believe in Yah through the covenant of Yeshua, then Yeshua is your king. And you should show him proper respect. But you should not be worshipping him. You should not be praising him. You should not be adoring him. You show him proper esteem and respect. And then he's our advocate in the court of heaven who pleads for mercy for believers particularly young believers in the court of heaven. In the satanic and demonic realm are the prosecutors and Father Yah is the judge. See the article, The Essence of Message Concerning Judgment This Life, on the website, which goes into how this works in a lot of detail. But let's just talk about the summary. So if you sin as a believer... The satanic realm, the, the fallen messengers, the fallen angels, see that you've sinned. They go and report that up the line. One of their seniors goes to the court of heaven and says, have you seen Joe Believer? This is what he or she has done. And uh, they ask for a judgment. And sometimes they get the judgment and sometimes they don't. But the key thing to note here is that Yeshua pleads for mercy, especially for young believers. So if he, the, the case is brought with the satanic realm as the prosecutors, Yeshua as the advocate for the defense pleads his case as to why you should be led off or given a lighter sentence or whatever. And uh, in particular, if he's dealing with somebody who's only just come to belief, Yeshua will ask for mercy. But he can't do that when you've been a believer for 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years. And theoretically, at least you know what's going on and you've got a Bible and you claim to believe the Bible is the word of God and you've read the Bible from cover to cover a few times. You have no excuse and Yeshua cannot ask for mercy for you. He can only ask for mercy for new believers. And then his high priest. And why is he high priest? Well, the high priest laid hands on him. Uh, and so he became high priest. He intercedes on our behalf with the Father, which is a bit like the advocate bit, but a little bit different. His body and blood provided the atoning sacrifice for forgiveness of our sin. If we confess and repent and take the bread and wine as he instructed, that, 
uh, you may know that as communion. I, I prefer not to use the word communion. Bread and wine of the covenant. But you take the bread and the wine and you say, Father, take, take the, the bread. Father, on the night that he was betrayed, Yeshua took the, the bread and broke it and gave it to those who followed him and said, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this as often you shall take you shall eat it in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup of red wine or red grape juice and said, um, Drink ye all of this. This is my blood of the new covenant shed for you and for many for forgiveness of sin. Do this as often you shall drink it in remembrance of me. And then so you recite that and then you say, Father, I confess that I have committed whatever the sin or sins are that you're dealing with. And I repent, and I, in the name of Yeshua, I ask you to forgive me. That is all that is required for you to deal with your sin. Recognize that you've sinned. Confess that you've sinned. Repent of your sin. Take the bread and wine and receive forgiveness. Repent means to turn around and go in the other direction. So you were going down a road. You told some lies or a lie. You realize you've done wrong. You stop, you turn around and say, Father, I did wrong. I repent. I confess my sin. I ask you to forgive me. Father may require you to go and make right. So you may need to go to the person you lied to and say, look, I'm really sorry. Uh, the truth is what I told you the other day was an outright lie. I repent and I ask you to forgive me. So there's a whole piece there about restitution and making right when you sin. And that's outside the scope of today's message the next thing to realize about Yeshua is that he has a spectacular resurrected body and he is massively powerful he has a spectacularly glorious resurrected body and is massively powerful he can manifest in human form and also in the glorious form that goes with his position with Yah He's able to engage in multiple conversations simultaneously, watch multiple situations simultaneously, and manifest in multiple situations, multiple locations with multiple people simultaneously. He has other powers. This is why many people who have met Yeshua on earth mistakenly believe that he is Yah in the flesh, not realizing that they too could qualify for a body and powers that are almost as spectacular. Yaz recently said to me that he's creating a new senior rank of friends in heaven for those who walk in the same or greater authority and power to Yeshua in these last days. They will qualify for the highest of the high thrones in heaven nearest to Yeshua. Folks, if you really go for it, and seek to become a friend of Yah, which is entirely possible, it's entirely doable, it's available to every, every human being on the planet apart from a few who've been rejected. You can qualify for a body that is almost as spectacular as Yeshua and power and authority that is almost as great as Yeshua. And with that, you get to sit on one of the very high thrones. You can walk in the anointing similar to Yeshua, you can perform miracles, you can heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, all of those things. It's available to you today. Then, backtracking a bit, Yeshua, or the spirit that became Yeshua, was the spirit that was put in the body that became Yeshua, was the first spirit that Yah created. So when the Almighty started His creation project, his first act was to create a spirit being to assist him. That spirit being eventually became the man we know as Yahushua. He served alongside the Almighty in an executive, as in chief operating officer position, assisting with the creative process throughout the creation. He was therefore highly knowledgeable of Satan's ways when he came to earth. There are verses in the Bible which indicate that Yeshua was there at the beginning and people use these to, to suggest that that means that Yeshua was, is Yah. It's just not true, folks. Father started on his journey of creation and the first thing he did was to say, right, I want somebody to give me a hand with this. And so he created the spirit that uh, we know as Yeshua that was put into the body and became Yeshua. And uh, 
it's 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 really important to get perspective on this. So one of the reasons he was able to live above sin was because he knew the way that Satan worked, and therefore he was well placed to be able to resist Satan. Uh, but that is still a case of him exercising his will of resisting temptation, uh, resisting the the praise and the the worship of men, and. Uh, just living without sin. It's not that difficult. It's just the Ten Commandments you've got to keep, and it's not that difficult, as I explained the other day. Then Yeshua, the man, the human being, was born of a pure, as in free of sin, virgin, by a creative miracle within an ovum in the fallopian tubes of Miriam that you may know as Mary, incorrectly. And he was therefore free of bloodline curses and demons. There was no human male involved. It's important to note that Yeshua is a created being. The miracle of his creation through the miracle in the ovum of Mary, Miriam, was less of a miracle than the miracle that created Adam and Chava out of the dust of the earth or Adam out of the dust of the earth and Chava, Eve, out of Adam's rib. So there's no reason to to inappropriately esteem Yeshua. He's not divine. There is no trinity. Yeshua is not Yah in the flesh. And very definitely Yah did not have sex with Miriam as some people believe, which is absolutely really shocking and wrong and just not the case at all. It's not necessary. Father is able to perform creative miracles. He performed a creative miracle on the ovum in Miriam's fallopian tubes and and she gave birth to a son who only had the female chromosome in his DNA. When they found his blood about 20 years ago on the Ark of the Covenant, uh, and that's also outside the scope of today's broadcast, I spoke about it a few months ago, it only had the female DNA. There was no male uh, chromosome in his blood. And then Yeshua was filled with the spirit of Yah. In other words, he was a Christ, an anointed one. Christ is a meaningless uh, Christian term that is derived from the concept of anointing Mesach uh, in Hebrew, Christos in, in Greek. Um, so he became Yeshua, the anointed of Yah, when he was immersed by Yehuchanan, meaning Yah has graced, or John, in the Jordan River. And then Yeshua was filled with the set-apart, or Holy Spirit of the Almighty. And so it was the Almighty in and through Yahshua that performed miracles and prophesied, and not Yahshua. So important to understand this, because there's so much confusion about this. When you talk about Christ, you're talking about the anointing of the spirit of Yah on a human being. So to the extent that I'm anointed by the spirit of Yah, you could call me James Christ or James Robertson Christ. The Christ word is the wrong word to use. You could say James anointed with the spirit of Yah. That would be the correct English. As I say, Christ is a meaningless Christian word like the Bible is a pretty much a meaningless word, and there are other such words that have come, come into common religious use that are also meaningless and confusing. So the Spirit of Yah on Yeshua performed the miracles, raised people from the dead, healed the sick, cast out demons. And that's available to you, and, to, and I have it. It's available to you today. You just have to ask for it. Then at a slightly different tack, I, I want to stress to you that Yahshua's death was carefully planned and orchestrated. Yahshua's death on a stake at the hill Golgotha, Skull Hill, 
outside Jerusalem was planned over a thousand years earlier by Yah and Yeshua and was carefully orchestrated so that his blood fell on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant hidden in a cave about three meters under the place where Yeshua died. So Yeshua came to earth knowing exactly how, where and when he was to die. He then spent three and a half years provoking and, and antagonizing the high priests, scribes and Pharisees to come to a point where they would call for his death. See the miracle of Yeshua Jesus' death on the website near the top of the menu for a detailed discussion. Again, really important to understand this. There are people who hate the Jews because they say the Jews, the Jews killed Jesus. Folks, Yeshua was born with one objective in mind, to live without sin, die without sin, die on the stake, executed the way he was, his side pierced with a spear, so, and an earthquake shook, cracked the rock, so that the blood, his blood, ran down the stake, ran down into the socket in the rock that the stake was in, ran down the crack, down to the Ark of the Covenant that had been hidden there something like 650 years earlier uh, by Jeremiah before Babylon fell. Folks, not a mistake, not an accident. He came to do that. He spent three and a half years getting in the face of the high priests and the scribes and Pharisees so that eventually they called for his death. Completely intentional, completely planned. And then Yeshua spent time in India and Tibet and Persia. At the age of 14, Yeshua left Israel and traveled to India, Tibet and Persia, where he taught and was taught. Specifically, he learned spiritual principles that had been lost in Israel. See the video at important videos to watch on the website towards the bottom of the list. There's a video on this. It's very interesting. What you find in the, in the Bible is that at the age of 14, Yeshua was reasoning with the priests and the scribes and the Pharisees in the, in the temple. And his parents got worried about him and they came and challenged him and, and he said, I must be about my father's business. And then you see nothing until he emerges in Israel at the age of 30. That intervening 15, 16 years, he was in India, Tibet and Persia and he was partly teaching and there are records in those places of Yeshua being there. There's, there's folklore about him being there. And when you hear about the, the wise men from the East who came um, to bring gifts uh, when he was born, or two years after he was born, as it turns out, if you read the Bible carefully. Um, those people came from the East, so they came from India or Tibet or Persia. And because they, folks, there's so much wrong thinking. There are strong believers in India, in Tibet, in Persia. Not a lot of them, but there are still believers there today. And there's this wrong thinking which says, that only the Christians and the Jews have any sort of relationship with Father. It's not true. There, there are all sorts of people scattered around the world, not a lot of them. I've met some of them who are committed believers. Then I want to point out to you that Yeshua is and was a Hebrew and a Jew. Jew being a an inaccurate anglicization of the Hebrew Yehudite, a person of Yehuda, where Yehuda is the land of Judah, which is the land where Yehuda, the son of Israel, where his descendants, his tribe, settled in the land of Israel when they first came to Israel. So Jews are not Kazakhs or whatever weird stories there are around. They're descendant from the man Israel, Jacob, in the land of Israel. And Yeshua was a Jew, a Yehudite. He was also an Old Testament emissary or apostle or prophet, sent one, a, a, a spokesman. Yeshua was and is a Hebrew and a Jew. 
All that he carried out was under the covenant of Moshe, Moses, the so-called Old Covenant. The New Covenant through Yeshua only came into effect the moment Yeshua died and his blood fell on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. Yeshua was therefore an Old Testament emissary and spokesman, apostle and prophet. I hope that this gives you a clear understanding of who Yeshua is and what he accomplished. There's so much wrong thinking about this Old Covenant, New Covenant thing. Yes, there was a covenant through Moshe, Moses. Yes, there was a New Covenant that came into existence when Yeshua died. But Yeshua performed miracles under the covenant of Moshe because he knew his authority. He was filled with the Spirit and he lived without sin. Moving on. On the website, you will find there's a picture of Yeshua seen by a young man, Colton Burpo, based on a visit to heaven. Some time ago, I watched the YouTube video, Heaven is for Real, interview with Todd and Colin Burpo, which reports a near-death experience in which Colton Burpo, at the age of four, died and was taken to heaven and spent time with Yeshua before being returned to life. It's a powerful account. Subsequently, he saw a painting of Yeshua, which he recognized as exactly accurate of what he had seen in heaven. This picture is on the website at Picture of Yahushua. The painting was painted by a young woman by the name of Akiana Kramarik, who had a vision of Yeshua. And as noted above, Colton Bur Burpo validated the painting. Search for Painting the Impossible by Akiana Kramarik on YouTube. And you can find the uh, in interview with uh, Colton Burpo on YouTube. Search for Heaven is for Real interview with Todd and Colton Burpo. Folks, there's a whole lot of debate and what have you about who Yeshua is and what he looked like. And so the picture that's in front of me right now, he had moderate length hair, uh, a moderate length beard, and uh, clearly strongly uh, European Middle Eastern facial features and complexion. So whatever you may have been told, that's, that's what he looks like. And uh, I encourage you to go to the website and see the picture or look up the YouTube video. Um, Heaven is for Real, interview with Todd and Colin Burpo and uh, Painting the Impossible by Akiana Kramarik both on YouTube. So what lessons can we learn from Yahushua? Yahushua is a very important example of what is possible for every one of us. He died to make it possible for us to follow in his footsteps. He stated in the Bible in John 14, 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. I stress that Yeshua is seated at the right hand of the Father, waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. He's waiting for you and me to take authority over the forces of darkness, failing which he will never return. The question is, what are you doing about this? You can reach a position of comparable power and authority to Yeshua. You can turn down principalities, powers, thrones, and dominions. You can cast out demons. You can heal the sick. You can raise the dead. You can preach the good news of the love and peace of Father Yah. It's up to you to resolve to do this and start working on it right now. There are numerous articles on the website that will help you. Various articles about being a friend. There's an article, What is Required to Live Above Sin, just to get you started on that road. And there's another one, How to Become an Anointed One, How to start Get You Started on That Road. And so I, I would just really stress, folks, there is no reason why you cannot achieve the same or greater works that Yeshua did. Many, many years ago, when I first started walking with Father, Father said to me, 
read the Bible, the, the New Testament, the Gospels, as though you're Yeshua. So I read about Yeshua and imagine myself doing those things. You can do those things. I had a dramatic experience where I actually walked in that power and authority for a short period of time, and then for various worldly reasons, I lost it and can't regain it. But it's there for you. You can become as powerful, as authoritative as Yeshua was, if you choose. Then completely different topic, this coming Sunday, the 31st of October, is Halloween. It's the most evil day of the year. For example, the Halloween pumpkin is symbolic of human skulls of freshly killed people with candles in the skull. So they used to kill them, chop off their heads, hollow out their brains, and put candles in them to create these grotesque, ugly, evil lanterns. And much, much more. Human sacrifices still happen at Halloween today. Have a look at the, the page uh, on the website. There's a main page is Satanic Feasts. Under Satanic Feasts is a child page, Halloween. There's a whole lot of information about it. See also Christians and Halloweens. Hear from an ex-witch on YouTube. Uh, just Google, just search YouTube for Christians and Halloween here from Xwitch, and you'll find it. I strongly encourage you to fast and worship over Halloween and eschew any form of recognition of Halloween. I will fast from supper time on Friday night to supper time on Monday night, a water-only fast, rehearsing the covenant with the bread and wine or communion, morning and evening, and with worship of Father. I urge you to do the same. Please, at the very least, fast from sunrise on Sunday morning to sunrise on Monday morning, which is the the most uh, evil uh, period of time, and, and preferably do a water-only fast. I encourage you to do that. So what? Why should you believe? You may be asking the question, so what? Why does it matter? Why should I make a choice? Bottom line is that the Creator has said, why would I want someone to spend eternity with me when they do not believe I exist? So if you believe, you make it into heaven when you die. If you do not believe, you remain on earth as an ancestor spirit or demon serving Satan. It's not a pleasant outcome. If you do believe, then this opens the door to a range of outcomes in terms of major rewards in heaven. See where are you going on the website. Right up to a high throne with a massively glorious body and massive supernatural powers that I spoke about a little while ago and massive authority. I want to say to you, it is definitely worth your while to become a believer, provided you go for it. Don't just say, ah, oh, yes, I believe there's a creator and cross the line from darkness to light and then sit back and do nothing. You'll end up in the outer darkness, and quite frankly, fo folks, from what I know of the outer darkness and being a demon, I'm not sure which is worse. In some respects, I think it may be worse to be in the outer darkness, pitch black, freezing cold, surrounded by millions of people gnashing their teeth and wailing because of the stupid mistake that they made by not serving Father. Um, just think if you die as a demon, you might end up in a crematorium oven. At least it won't be cold. Seriously, though, folks, you don't want to die as an unbeliever and you do not want to die as a nominal believer. You need to seek a deep personal relationship with Father. So what do you do if you now believe? If you've now concluded that you do believe that the Almighty Creator exists, I recommend that you pray along the following lines. Father Yah, the Almighty Creator, I have previously believed that you do not exist. I now recognize that I was mistaken, and I repent, and I ask you to forgive me. I choose now to accept the reality of your existence, and I ask you to help me to learn about you and come into relationship with you. Show me what to read and listen to, what not to read and listen to. Send people to me who can help me and keep people away from me who will not help me. I ask you to send your set apart, in other words, Holy Spirit, to live in me and help me to become a faithful servant. Amen.
Folks, there's a, a, an item on the website at the bottom of, of the, the menu, uh, something along the lines of what to do at first belief. And there's an article a few lines up on the menu, seven components of drawing close to the Almighty. If you've just prayed that prayer with me, get those two articles, read the one on what to do when you first believe, put that all into practice, act on it, concretely act on it, do what you need to do to start cleaning up your life, and then read the one on seven components, and put that into practice. It'll probably take you about two years to do everything that's in that document through to a point where it really works. At the end of two years, you should be in a place where you have quite a significant relationship with Father, and you should be in a place where you can come to a place where he, he will call you friend, and where you can ultimately become a servant walking in the same power and authority as Yeshua did. It's up to you. The only thing getting in your way is you. There's no one else, nothing out there that can stop you if you make up your mind, pray this prayer, and get on with it. Really, it's not that difficult. So I want to close by asking you, what is the state of your relationship with the Almighty Creator? I'd like to ask you to critically examine where you are relative to Him. Do you talk to Him constantly throughout the day and allow Him to lead you in every possible way? Are you conscious of Him at all times? Do you worship Him at every opportunity? Do you count Him your friend? Have you clearly and unambiguously heard Him call you friend? If not, you are failing in your life purpose and you will be bitterly disappointed when you die. Folks, there's a very, very small number of people who are even approximating what we're talking about here. And having said that, it is available to just about every human being on the planet. It doesn't matter if you are a out-and-out high-order Satanist at this moment. It doesn't matter whether you are black or white or yellow or green, whether you're blonde or have black hair. It doesn't matter whether you've got blue eyes or green eyes or brown eyes. It doesn't matter whether you're wealthy or poor. It doesn't matter whether you're educated or illiterate. It doesn't matter whether you're short or tall, whether you're fat or thin, whether you're male or female. None of that matters. He wants a deep personal relationship with you, and it is up to you to decide to seek that deep personal relationship, and it is up to you to start doing whatever it takes you to get to know him and get to draw close to him. And I'm here to help you. Uh, I'll give you my email address in a minute. You can email me. We can connect on Zoom uh, or by phone or Skype. And I'll talk you through it. I'll support you in whatever way I can. It's up to you. You can do it. So wrapping up, some key documents and a video on the main menu of the website. There's a compendium of important articles which lists many of the articles written in the last year or so in a sequence that I think would be useful. There's a video on the second line of the menu, Why Seek Relationship, very important. Then there's an article, The Miracle of Yeshua's Death, uh, also important. The Creator desires a deep personal relationship with you. Seven components in drawing close to the Creator, recommended worship, important. Sanitized songs, recommended with adjusted wording. The Creator's name is Yah, the eternally self-existing. Where will you spend eternity? The essence of my message to Christians. It's also the essence of my message to Jews, another one to Muslims, etc. All available at www.endtimeissueministries.org. That's endtimeissueministries.org. Transcripts of nearly all teachings in the series are available on the website at the bottom of the radio on the radio page. And recordings of nearly all of the teachings broadcast so far are available on the radio pages. They're all available at www.relationshipwithcreatorradio.com. That's relationshipwithcreatorradio.com uh, is one word. Click on the show and then podcasts. Alternatively, search in Google for the string relationship with Creator Radio. 
books constituting a compilation of most writings published between 1998 and May 2019 are available near the bottom of the menu at the to be added to the list or to seek counsel or prayer or give me feedback. That's endtimeissueministries.org, James at. Visit the website and use the Google search, the article keyword cloud, the table of contents, and article search to locate the information you're looking for. The Google search is particularly useful. In closing, thank you for listening. Please send me your questions on the W4CY webpage. I will answer them next broadcast. I'm currently not getting any questions, so if you have submitted questions and I've not replied, please send them to the email below, james at endtimeissueministries.org. If you decide to draw close to the Almighty, please let me know and we can connect by Skype, Zoom, email or telephone so that I can help you with your journey. I hope to connect with you again next week when we will continue to explore how to become a friend of the Creator. Work with me to make the way for you sure to return in victory at the end of the millennium and make his enemies his footstool. Folks, I can't say enough. I can't stress enough. It's so important. It's so real for me. Father wants you to become his friend. Not the person next to you, not the person behind you, not your wife or your husband or, or your best friend or whatever. He wants you the person I'm speaking to right now, he wants you to become his friend. And it's really not that difficult. Live a life without sin, which is not that difficult. The Ten Commandments are not humongously complex. just needs a bit of a, a slight change in, in, in view, change in attitude, a decision really to, to do it. There's a huge amount on the website to help you get there. So I hope you'll go for it. Please email me. Thanks so much. Good night. Oh